This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Are you in or are you out? The NFL opt-out list continues to grow as players are choosing not to forego their seasons this year to sit out because of COVID-19. Thankfully, so far, the Jacksonville Jaguars have zero people to add to that list as of now. That could always change. I think the deadline is before August 1st, so it's right around the corner here. But we're going to talk about that more today. going to talk about Patrick Mahomes a little bit. Is he truly one of a kind? Has there ever been a guy in professional sports who has literally tied himself to one city? We'll break that down later on. And Bosa gets a new deal. Is that good for Yannick Ngakwe? Good, bad, and different? What do you think about it, Brent Martino? It will be good for him because it will raise the median household income. Sure. Well, <laughs> in the NFL pass rusher room. Do, so, do you think though it has that much of an effect on Yannick Ngakwe? No, nah, I mean I don't yeah. think it's a direct impact. I mean, if, if anything else, it might make it harder. Yeah. <laughs> Given the fact that he hasn't been able to get anything done, mm-hmm. not here in Jacksonville, but with anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got uh, maybe that works against him because again, if from a player perspective. If I'm his agent, if I'm him, I'm like, okay, my dollar's going up. Yeah. You know, take a look at all the the houses on the in the neighborhood and the cul-de-sac, and, well, the they're selling for this much. Mm-hmm. So my house must be worth a little more. For well, sure. Well, we don't have a ton of buyers, and by the way, we know next year the market's going to be a little bit lower because the salary cap could be lower because the NFL's going to lose money. So mm-hmm. where does that put Jan and kind of where he thinks he should be, and probably rightfully so, but where reality is in the NFL based on the pandemic and based on the pass rusher market, based on giving up capital to the Jacksonville Jaguars to trade uh, or just sit out and wait for the free agency to hit potentially next year. So a lot of different ways to go. But I think in the grand scheme of things, it should be a good thing for Clowney, good thing for uh, Yannick Ngakwe. You know, even if even if you're not going to make 20 Five million a year, which they're not going to do. Mm-hmm. If you were going to maybe make seventeen million, now maybe you're making eighteen and a half million. It's the price is driving up again uh, on a market of pass rushers where we thought, where where is it? Where's the market well, earlier this year? Yeah, you know, and I think in terms from Yannick Ngakwe's point, to me, the Joey Bosa deal. I think you also almost have to be indifferent towards does that help Yannick Ngakwe? Does it? I mean, it's not going to hurt him, obviously, but does it really help him that much? And I think it from this perspective. I mean, obviously, Joey Bosa is a very talented individual, a very talented edge rusher. And I think anybody um, in their right mind would probably take Joey Bosa over Yannick Ngakwe. Now, yeah, the, the numbers could be comparable, but keep in mind, Joey Bosa's missed some games due to injury and things like that. And Joey Bosa almost averages one sack per game. Like, that's the almost. way uh, that's the, way the stats kind of shake out to. So obviously the guy is a difference maker. He is a game wrecker, and now he's getting paid like that. See, to me, though, is like you have Yannick Ngakwe in a tier, and then you have Joey Bosa in another tier. So it's not very comparable in terms of, I think, what they can bring to a team. Now, don't get me wrong. Yannick Ngakwe is a very talented and skilled individual. But one could argue right now is even the best pass rusher on the Jacksonville Jaguars. One could argue, well, maybe Josh Allen is. You know, you, Josh Allen did his rookie year. So I think with Joey Bosa, the writing was on the wall for the Chargers. He's a stud on that defensive line. He's one of the anchors, one of the pillars of that team. So they had to reimburse him like so. 
I think the big deciding factor for Yannick Ngakwe, if he gets excited or not, is going to be if Clowney gets paid and how much Clowney gets paid. Because to me right now, Clowney and Ngakwe are in the same tier. Now, maybe you can make an argument and say, you know what, there's some things that you like better um, at, you know, with Ngakwe than you do with Clowney. Age, obviously. Um, injury history, obviously, favors Ngakwe. So... There's a couple things that you actually like in Gakwe over Clowney, but we've always heard, you know, Clowney's going to be the next guy, Clowney's going to be the next guy. Well, he's still waiting to see. He's being a little stubborn in his ways right now. But to me, if Clowney can get that $19, $20 million range, which eh, we'll see, but if he can get that, obviously that's going to excite Yannick Ngakwe, and hopefully then you know the, the trade value goes up for him as well. Yeah, we'll see where it ends up. Uh, I do think there is a little bit of an impact from those big signings of Miles Garrett and now Joey Bosa. Uh, by the way, uh, we'll talk about this. I wanted to at least bring it up. That draft, pretty darn good. Couldn't go wrong. Jags had a few guys in mind. They really couldn't go wrong. The problem is, and I know where this is going to come back to, you're going to tell me, well, the guy they got isn't here anymore. He's out in L.A. I get it. Uh, but the bottom line is my the conversation point is what a top five draft that was. Now, a couple of them were quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's gone to a Super Bowl. Many think the next guy in the line is one of the greats in the game in Carson Wentz. And then you've got the DeForest Buckners of the world and Jalen Ramsey's and Joey Bosa's of the world that have obviously lived up uh, to to their draft uh, pick and where they were uh, back in that draft. They do have the right draft, right? One, two in that draft was Goff and Wentz. Uh, yeah, because it was a lock to be Wentz. And, uh, it, like, the draft started at pick number three. Okay. Let me just, or was that Ezekiel at number four now that I say it? What what year are we talking about? Oh, here? you're right. It was Ezekiel Elliott that was number four. I, I don't didn't know say anything. 16. Okay, okay, 16. All right, so we got... It was Ezekiel Elliott at four. Okay, so yeah, it was But Go- the four is Buckner was, went like six or seven. Yeah, so it was Goff, Wentz, Bosa, Elliott, Ramsey, Stanley, Buckner. Wow, so think about this. So the first seven picks... Where, I mean, they're, they're all certified pro bowlers. Yeah. Now, say what you want about Jared Goff, obviously, that one good season. But um, that's pretty rare, right? Because you're kind of reminded a little bit of uh, Luke Jokel's draft class and that whole year. Absolutely. And you see like, how that kind of turned out for everybody. So. You couldn't go wrong in the top seven, essentially. One Correct. guy, a quarterback's gotten you to the Super Bowl. He's on a second contract. Mm-hmm. Wentz is on his second contract and many think is a superstar in the league. Yeah. Uh, Bosa is on his second contract and is a superstar in the league. Ezekiel Elliott's on a his second contract, superstar in the league. Jalen Ramsey awaits his second and is a superstar in the league. DeForest Buckner is on his second team, by the way, but also second contract and a big blockbuster deal. And while I wouldn't say superstar, he definitely is in the elite category. And then Stanley is yeah. a stud on the offensive line for a team that many people believe could be the team to beat. And then the guy that went eighth after DeForest Buckner to the Tennessee Titans was Jack Conklin, who, you know, I think he's, he's still around playing, obviously, right? I mean, he's he's suitable, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, he's not yeah, a pro bowler, but I mean, he's, he's had a, some pretty good, a great seasons. Off. Yeah, there's Who's a little drop off. You got in front of you. Yeah, so Leonard Floyd, number nine, talked about him yesterday yeah, a little bit. Trying for a rebirth in, in exactly. L.A. Exactly. The, see, now it gets a little shaky. Then you had... Eli Apple, number 10. Okay. And then you had Vernon Hargraves, number 11. Yeah, hasn't worked out. Uh, yeah. Who did the Rams pick that year? Oh, that was Goff. Goff was so number one. look at that. The Rams have three top 10 picks from 16 on their roster. They have Ramsey, Floyd, <laughs> and Goff. It's crazy. How about that? That's nuts, man. Absolutely. Now, the problem is they might have two of the guys that aren't considered amongst the best. Correct. And that is Floyd and Goff. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. But they have three guys from that draft in the top ten. They had to, to pay to get them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's but, wild. Wow. That is pretty wild yeah. that the Rams have ended up uh, with that. 
Uh, Major League Baseball, we got a little scrum last night. People don't forget, Brent. People do not forget. I don't think there was an ounce of that last night. Mm-hmm. I don't think it had an ounce of, of anything to do with the, the trash cans and the cheating. Oh, come and, on, man. I, come well, on, no, man. And, and, the, and when it cleared, it did. Yeah. But the actual wildness behind... Oh, the pitch? Bregman and behind uh, Correa, mm-hmm. I, the guy was all over the map. And mm-hmm. Joe Kelly, by the way, has been all over the map. Now, Joe Kelly's a different cat. He pitched for the Red Sox and then that year, that World Series year, and they, I mean, he's a different beast. But he's also a guy that you really can't trust mm-hmm. because he throws it all over the place, but he throws it hard, man. He throws it 100 miles an hour. and But they were even talking like he has to throw the curveball because he has no idea where the, the fastball's going. I did not think it was intentional. Now, hmm. everything else I think was pent-up emotion. Okay. Because of the whole situation with the cheating, and I think that's why the words were exchanged and everything else. Like I do, I, I do sense that. But I, I'm telling you, my honest opinion, I watched it. I watched it live. Sure. And I just never thought for a second these are intentional. He has no idea where the ball's going. It was that bad. I'm gonna say this though, okay? In terms of Kelly, and yes, he has a different cat and everything like that. But to me, if a pitcher throws 98 miles per hour, whatever it was, at someone's head, usually there's some kind of reaction from that pitcher. Then it's like, oh, dang, like, you know, he's like, you know, like, dang it, I, I didn't mean to do that. You know, like, the, he, he shows a little bit of remorse, like, not really at the at the batter, but no, at himself you. where it's like, dang, I didn't mean to do that. If you watch Kelly after that pitch that almost hits the guy in the head, zero, Correa, zero, yeah. zero remorse. I tell you, zero, he's a little different. but zero, And once, once again, I said he's a little different, but zero remorse, he actually, like, once again, he th- overthrew it because there's guys on base, so he kind of comes downhill a little bit. But there was zero remorse. There was zero like, hey, man, sorry, my bad. It was just like, yeah. So was it intentional? I, I mean, I, I don't want to say like he tried to hit the guy in the head, but I don't think it was from the fact of, you know what, the, the ball just slipped out of my hand. I didn't know what I was doing. I think he knew what he was doing. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and by the way, I think a lot of people will agree. Like, I was watching Twitter at that time, and yeah. people were like, uh, baseball people were like, well, I just threw behind him, threw behind him. I just thought it was the wrong context. I really didn't think he did. Mm-hmm. At one time, actually, Bregman's on first base, and I mean, they're up 5-2. to two, And yeah, Bregman can steal bases, but he ain't Ricky Henderson. Mm-hmm. I, and I think he was so uncomfortable on the mound, he, he took forever to throw a pitch, and he threw over, I think, three times, maybe been even four times, because he was trying to settle himself down just to try to get a strike across the plate. Yeah, I, That's the way I interpreted it at the time. Now, again, that's what was happening, and then it escalated because of words and the severity of the pitches. Yeah. Like, I tweeted at that time, I was like, I was scared to watch it almost, mm-hmm. because he was so wild. Mm-hmm. You didn't know where the ball was going to go. And coming in 100 miles an hour, man, yeah. getting out of the way, Yeah, I mean, it, you look out. And you know you're not supposed to. You don't go headhunting. Correct. You know, well, that, even if you're mad at people, even if you're trying to retaliate, you don't go headhunting. That's a no-no in baseball. And this is my point, where if someone crowds the plate you throw at them, then so be it. You know, But you, you keep it low. But anytime you go headhunting... You know, and let's say it was an accident, and let's say that you accidentally almost did hit him in the head. You show a little remorse, where it's like that—that that was on me, my bad. Ball slipped, or whatever the reason was, but that's a, that's my bad. You show a little remorse. Yeah. The pitcher showed absolutely a hundred percent zero remorse in terms of that ball almost hitting that guy in the head. So, with that being said, I think it was intentional. He did uh, leave it open for interpretation. That he did. <laughs> that is for sure. That he hey, did. Uh, we're gonna start in a different way today with. 
Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of baseball, football, uh, dad played baseball. I've, now he's part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Have you? What does it remind you of? Anybody, any kind of athletes that have endeared themselves to a city, to a place at such a young age? Keep in mind, he is going into what year four? Yeah, in the NFL, and he didn't even play in year one. I mean, he was a pick that everybody's like, well, I hope the guy's good, but. Didn't even matter. Alex Smith was tearing it up for KC. Mm-hmm. So he really started this journey of superstardom with the Chiefs going back three years ago. Mm-hmm. He was the MVP, wins the Super Bowl last year, gets a half a billion dollar deal this year, says, hey, I'm going to buy a little bit of the KC Royals, the team my dad played for. Yeah, I'm, I'm now a lifer here in KC from a legacy standpoint. Yeah. Can you think of a guy, and I'm not talking about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, now that you say. look back at it yeah. and say, wow, that guy was Chicago through and through. You know, it, it was the Bulls. Mm-hmm. I think that took so much. What I'm saying is anybody right off the rip of their career have such an impact to endear themselves to that organization, that city, that maybe even that state, that area of the country, as quickly as Patrick Mahomes has. That's what I want to start with when we come back. Think about it over the next few minutes. We'll take a time out. You think about it as well. Got any thoughts? Jump in on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Yeah, we're on Twitch. Also, 904-362-9901, star, star, 690. Austin Lane, a stud on social media today. Just a stud. (laughs) It's just another day at the office. It's It's all good. No shameless ESPN promotion in that tweet. We're coming back at you next. They fight in the swamp and face the eye of the storm. And next, they're coming to ESPN 690. Listen to Action Sports Jacks Friday at 5 p.m. for a major announcement. This is ESPN 690, Jacksonville's home for ESPN and the... With, with the no fans here, it's easy to hear some stuff, um, you know. So I like picking off a couple times. It's fun. Uh, but, yeah, something apparently they didn't take too kind to. But my actually isn't the best. And I broke my window. My newborn's coming two days before they were born. So it is what it is. I'm not uh, the face that you made to Korea walking off, what was that exchange? Uh, I don't remember the words. It's kind of the moments I think. I guess my expression was what I interpreted in my head, what he was saying. That <laughs> is Joe Kelly. He's an interesting cat now. Cool cat. Dodgers, cat. right-hander, and a uh, little almost melee mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball. You know, bench is clear in Major League Baseball like once a week. That The pandemic edition is no different than most of the editions of a baseball, you know, issue, if you will. I don't want to sure. say fisticuffs because it wasn't, or it wasn't a brawl. Mm-hmm. Like, we label them benches clearing brawl. Like, it's never a brawl. It's hardly ever a brawl, is my point. Yeah. Baseball guys are king at shoving and kind of being like the old scene from, hold me back! Hold me back! Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, man. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Like, I mean, they just are. I know, man. So, uh... Do you think we see some retaliation tonight? No, I, I think the... this It'll be interesting to see... What the uh, Astros do, but I think I saw that Bregman was kind of quiet on it. Didn't really, like, say snap back at it. It was like, it is what it is, you know? I mean, he's going to get the whole season, so get ready. Well, that's my point. I think think the Astros are going to do a little bit of that. I think they're going to be like, all right, fine, it's coming, whatever. And then when it goes over the top, 
Like if somebody gets drilled in the head or something, like intentionally, I still think you can argue about that yesterday if that was intentional stuff or just a wild man throwing a baseball. But then we'll see something. But I don't I, I don't think the Astros can afford to retaliate every time somebody does something. It potentially could be a lot. Yeah. Like we don't know because it's such a short season and we kind of forgot about that storyline. But I would be surprised if they retaliate. Now, Dusty Baker was kind of ticked off about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he thought it was intentional. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think we'll see the Astros, if, to answer your question. I don't, okay. think they'll see, I don't think they come back tonight and do anything. I okay. Don't. Well, let's just say that maybe they do. Do you think kind of this retaliation stuff and this kind of going after the Astros right now, is this good for baseball or bad for baseball? Are we talking about it? We're talking about it. Do we often lead our show with Major League Baseball? Not unless the Brewers won last night, which they didn't. So, yeah, you're they right. They blew it, actually. Nah, I know they did. It was uh, bad. So, to answer your question, then it's good for baseball. Good Whether for baseball. they want to admit it or not, it's good for baseball. Mm-hmm. That stuff can't is good. lose if they get shut down for the coronavirus. <laughs> that's, Phillies haven't lost in a while. It's great. That's true. <laughs> and they're not going to play on Friday, apparently, either. Uh, they, well, you know what else can't happen? If the Yankees don't play, Stanton can't hit any more home runs. And neither can Aaron Jones. I don't so, care. Hey, so, so, do we go ahead and just lock, pay, pay the bet right now, then? I'll lose the bet. <laughs> if Stanton ends up with two home runs and Judge ends zero. zero. Hey, either way, I'm a winner. I'll lose that bet. Okay. And I'm the Yankees winning. end up with no more wins. I'm still fine. Winning. That's fine. I, I think it was first take that might have been talking about this because they were saying, you know, with, with teams potentially having to, like, chill out for a while and wait for the coronavirus yeah. and everything, that, you know, at the end of the season, they may have to go by win percentage, not actual record well yeah true it's a good point but like wouldn't that rub some people the wrong way i think it just depends how many games uh but i might have to man it's just the way it is i mean this year's a weird year Listen, so, I say it all the time. I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but do I think Brent Martin had something to do with some of his contacts in Miami where they got those players sick on purpose so the Yankees couldn't play anymore because he saw Stan was <laughs> off to a hot start? Possibly. Just to get out of a bet, I wouldn't put it past Brent Martin. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Uh, did you see, though, the, the Marlins are like six, 16 or 18 now that tested yeah. positive. The rest of Major League Baseball is none. We're doing okay. And then the story is there's some been some reports that they went out in Atlanta right before the season started. I mean, had to get some of those wings, man. Had to hit up Magic City, Lou get some Williams. of those wings. He, he's a trendsetter. Uh, are they that? good? I mean, see, now I'm curious. Are the wings that good? Are, are they that good? And then, by the way, I think, I think it's National uh, It is Chicken Wing Day today. I so almost, happy National Chicken know, Wing Day to you. I almost too. had to run out to Mr. Chubby's wings just yeah. to see, just to get some. Now we're talking. Uh, but yeah. I, that's obviously the COVID-19 stuff is interesting mm-hmm. on a lot of different levels. Uh, but I don't just to go back to the court. I don't I think it is good for baseball. The whole Astros thing, as do I. I, I always I think police the policing of the game. I have zero problem with. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. it. It's leaked down to the lower levels a bit, mm-hmm. even 15, 16, 17 year old ball where, uh, you know, the, the the macho level of a baseball player arrives early mm-hmm. uh you know i think it's a little much in high school but college it's it's game on like that and and major league baseball it's like that and, sure. and by the way now there's warnings for everybody and usually ejections so there's a penalty to pay but i do like the the policing of baseball i, I don't like throwing at people's heads it's 100 miles an hour and i think that's you're you're asking for something catastrophic and nobody wants to be a part of that mm-hmm. but throw it at somebody's hip and and butt whatever yeah. eh. I'm, no problem with it. I'm I'm up for it. And listen, like I don't ever want to promote violence in a non nah, uh, non violent sport, but like I'm all for baseball players 
regulating their game to their own devices. And I'm all for that because, and to be fair, and listen, there's a lot of reasons why I think hockey has declined over the past couple decades or so. But I think one of the biggest reasons why is like the NHL kind of put a stop to players, especially during the regular season, of policing themselves, right? And, and, and getting in fights and kind of monitoring themselves. And when that happens, you took away the great sport of it and you took away the great part of hockey and all of a sudden it kind of got a little more mundane a little more bland and that's one of the reasons why i think hockey kind of declined a little bit was because you didn't let the players monitor themselves now don't get me wrong in the playoffs it ramps up a little bit and there's kind of a mutual admiration for that but in the regular season you don't see like you used to well to be honest with you they tried to clean up even i think nascar a little bit Mm -hmm. to that degree and it's like Rubbing his racing, boys. Yeah. Go have at it, boys. You, you know. Believe it. Uh, and you got to do it within reason. You just hope there's nobody that goes off the the no deep one get, end. Yeah, no one gets it. hurt. Obviously. And yeah, you risk it. It's a little risk uh, on that front. Uh, you got to be, I guess, uh, mature about how you handle those situations. Mm-hmm. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Wednesday. All right, I've had this question since yesterday. Let's get right to it. Patrick Mahomes, he's a stud. Uh, face of the NFL, probably. Sure. I still don't know if I, I consider him the face of the NFL right now. Some people do. I know he's Super Bowl champ. I still think there are so many stars. Like, Who do you Brady's think? Brady's still a star. Russell Wilson's still a star. Uh, have we pushed Brady to the curb uh, here? I, I mean, he's still the greatest of all time and still playing. So uh, let me ask you this, though. In terms of face of the NFL, if you would only pick one to, to promote everything, to have as your cover boy of the NFL, who are you going with then? If it's not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's fair. Fair question. Yeah, I, I mean, probably would go with Mahomes. Mahomes, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think you when you put it in that context. You make an argument for Brady, though, as well. I mean, I, th- I think a new team, a new city, obviously, talented players around him. There's still optimism from Brady. Yeah. I, I just, that's a great way to put it, and I think you're right in that context. You know, because going forward, you, if, if I'm a promoter of the league, I want the 25-year-old guy rather than the 43-year-old guy. Sure. I would say... In a couple of different ways, the answer would be Brady. When you think about the NFL right now, do you think about a most interesting player to watch, all those things? Brady comes to mind. Mm-hmm. New team, greatest of all time. When you, if you think about the most interesting storyline of the NFL season, mm-hmm. It's Brady and the Patriots because he went to Tampa and they and he he left New England. Yeah. All so, of a sudden, there's, there's so much. I mean, you turn on NFL Live, it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's Tampa Bay yeah. Bucks. So, and no one's talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how long. And not, and not many, as many people are talking about Kansas City, I guess is my point, even though they have Mahomes. So sure. it's a different way to put it in context. But it's like, like who's the face of the NBA? I mean, you have to go Is with, it still LeBron? Yeah. I'll I go with Braun all day. Is now, it Freak? Is it Zion Williamson? Well, you can argue for Steph Curry still as well, because for what he's been able to do. But I would probably say... James is it's still his until he actually retires and walks away. Yeah, and I guess I feel that way a little bit about Brady. Yeah, in essence. Yeah, I mean, and that's a good comparison. You know. Yeah. So uh, they still have football left and maybe, high quality football. Maybe out like. of their respective primes, if you will. I mean, there's obviously well, no doubt. Y- yeah, there's younger, more probably. I don't want to say talented because LeBron James is so super talented, and so is Tom Brady. But like, there, there's there's the young guys out there that are ready to take the throne over. But as long as those guys are still around, you can't deny them. I yeah, think. I, I think that's that's a good way to put it. So, but that's not really the nature of this question. Sure, Mahomes gets this rich, rich contract. He is the future face of the NFL if he's not already, depending on how you want to view it. And he buys a little stake in in Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. I just was thinking of a guy. He is now a Kansas City Chief. 
until he's 35 years old, in essence. Mm -hmm. And he forever will be a Kansas City Chief, even if he goes and plays for another team. Tom Brady could win a Super Bowl with Tampa. He's forever a New England Patriot, right? Uh, Even Peyton Manning went and won a Super Bowl with Denver. (laughs) Nobody links him with the Broncos at the end of the day. You think of him as an Indianapolis Colts player. Sure. And to be honest with you, man, where I'm going with this topic is about as close as I think I could maybe come is Peyton Manning. Is Did Manning endear himself to, to the Colts fans, to that city, put him on the map, start winning games like Mahomes has done? He, They say it's the house that Peyton built, mm-hmm. Lucas Oil. Mm-hmm. The whole city has changed. Once Peyton got there, and I'm not saying he impacted all of that, but he impacted well, some of that. And keep in mind where the Colts were before he got there as well. They were misery. Correct. Misery. Mm-hmm. Like the laugh, one of the laughing stocks of the league. Kind of like the Saints before Breeze and, yep. and other examples of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I kind of feel like when I ask this question, at such a young age, 25 years old, I think uh, Mahomes is, can you find another athlete in any sport really to endear themselves to that city, that town, that that franchise quicker than Mahomes? Manning kind of comes to mind, although you have to remember Man- Manning had a very uh, bad year to start well, his and, career. And this is where we're at right now, right? So if, if you want to kind of meet the criteria of Patrick Mahomes, we have to see a couple factors. Number one, the factor is that guy's got to come in right away and play out of his mind. You know, he has to be considered, I think, one of the best players um, at his position, if you will, from day one. Okay, so there's number one. Number two, obviously, he has to be young, and he has to spend a majority of his time, if not his whole time, in that one city, right? Because it's super rare for a player these days to spend his time with one city. Okay, now we can sit here and say Patrick Mahomes might retire Kansas City Chief. Now, maybe he's got two more years where... They don't figure out a contract, and he's obviously in the twilight of his career. He wants to play some more, and maybe he goes somewhere else. If Tom Brady can do it, any NFL quarterback can do it these days. But we have to look at guys that obviously have been tied to primarily one city. To me, two guys come to mind right away when we're talking about you know players tied to that city. Number one, and obviously Jaguars fans are probably sick of me talking about him, but J.J. Watt. Okay, I think J.J. Watt, for what he's been able to do, obviously not only on the field for the Texans, being one of the best defensive tackles slash defensive ends at the time. Obviously, he's on his back nine of his career now. But when he was in his prime, one of the best players, um, you know, defensive player of the year, all that stuff. And then what he was able to do for the city off the field as well. You know, obviously when it was Hurricane Katrina, right? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, not Hurricane Katrina. Harvey. Harvey. I think Harvey. Hello. Um, When Harvey hit... You know, I mean, donating all that money and his time and his effort and kind of getting things in place. I mean, the guy was on Ellen, for crying out loud, right? Like, the guy was everywhere. So I think, you know, J.J. Watt will always be, you know, a part of the Houston Texans. He'll always be a part of that city just for what he was able to do for that city, and he's always, you know, going to get respect for that. I think the other guy that comes to mind right away is for Seattle, and I'm going with Ken Griffey Jr., because at the time, the Mariners, nobody was talking about the Seattle Mariners whatsoever. And nobody was really focused on really, you know, the, the Seattle sports scene, right? Like the Sonics were on the way out. They didn't have a hockey team, obviously, at the time. Like there wasn't really anything happening in Seattle. And the, and the Seahawks, yeah, they were kind of on the, you know, they were whatever. So like Seattle didn't really have that guy to, to, to cling on to. You know, I mean, it's a great city and it, there is sports tradition there, but they didn't really have that one athlete. Then along comes Ken Griffey Jr., you know, and right off the get-go, I mean, I think it was his second or third year in the league when he got called up, 
comes in right away and blows the doors off the scene. You know, and all of a sudden he's Seattle's favorite son. Now keep in mind, he ends up going to Cincinnati, play for the Reds and things like that. But his time in Seattle, I think it, it was so valuable. And obviously they had a lot of success there. Uh, being a Mariners fan was kind of quote unquote cool because of Ken Griffey Jr. So I think Ken Griffey should be up there as well. I think your example of Ken Griffey better fits Mahomes than Watt. Watt, it mm-hmm. took him a decade to get to the point where he's at. And I sure. think a lot of guys have done that over time. But instantaneous, instantaneously, can you change a city? Can can you just be adored in that city? Can you kind of say, hey, that guy's going to always be a part of that city? Mm-hmm. Well, Seattle, Ken Griffey Jr., absolutely synonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the problem is they're way on the West Coast and people don't talk about But they, he he made people know where Seattle was on the map. Correct. Yes. He absolutely did. And mm-hmm. he did it right away as the kid. I mean, that's his nickname. Yeah. You know, So he did it right away. I'll give you another one. Hate to admit it. Jeter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, it's hard to do it in a place like New York because New York's almost bigger than everything, even Mm -hmm. every athlete that plays there. Mm -hmm. But Jeter did it right away. Jeter was, uh, I think in 95 is when he joined the Yanks. 96 was rookie of the year and won World Series like four out of the first five or six years he was there. Or maybe it was three out of the first five. But bingo. And and by the way, probably was clutch. I don't know exactly when like he hit this and that and and was clutch but he was clutch sure so i just don't you can't influence a whole city uh maybe like you can if you're patrick mahomes in kansas city i don't know if you can do that in new york but if anybody did and could it might have been jeter quite frankly sure could you say Jordan? And I'm only saying that because we just watched the documentary well, yeah, and how and, quickly. And that's what Austin but, was saying. But I just don't yeah. believe I think it took six or seven years for that to happen. It, yeah, it, was, it was after the fact. It, it, we can so talk it was about. more the guy that took a while to develop. I mean, this has taken essentially yeah. two seasons for Patrick Mahomes to become king of Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, it's taken two seasons. It took Ken so, Griffey Jr. maybe one season. <laughs> I mean, he was already there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, there probably are a lot more examples. Yeah. Because today in the modern day with the contracts the way they are, the social media the way, it's a little different. It feels different. LeBron is that. LeBron mm-hmm. changed the entire city of Cleveland yeah. because they took him and because mm-hmm. he put them on the map. But, they were well, losers. But, Cleveland was a loser yeah. city. And he's also from there, keep in mind, so he actually he had the advantage. I Absolutely. Mean, he, was like, he, I mean, he, he was already Cleveland's favorite son before he even got to the Cavaliers. He made, even though they didn't win in his first stint, sure. he made them relevant mm-hmm. in his first stint. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I know you guys mentioned it already with, with Giannis. Um, he has the potential to do that, right? If he does resign with the Bucks. A five year and kind of like commits himself to Milwaukee, then then he probably could be in that category too. And he's around Mahomes' age. That's a good call. Uh, what's oh, interesting go about Giannis though is I almost think, well, Milwaukee, it's tough up there. I, was gonna, I would say because Green point. Bay. Yep. Right. This is my point. And and so like, even, but Aaron Rodgers couldn't do this because he sat on the bench for four years, so he doesn't fit. No. I don't think Favre was instantaneously that guy. No, nope. I don't think he might have been, but I don't think. No, I mean, uh, listen, he, he was a, obviously Brett Favre is a big deal to the city of Green or to the town of Green Bay, we'll call it. And obviously the, the fans will always love him. But it was like he came in day one. It's like this guy is taking over the city now. It wasn't like that at all. No, yeah. I'll tell you another one down in Orlando for a little bit. Could it have been Shaq and Penny Hardaway oh, and those right. kind of guys? But see, but was Shaq, win though, big enough? But you, you can make an argument, though, Shaq goes to L.A., you know, well, and like, he, so, left. Like, he left. So you know? now you don't associate. Exactly. Right? And, to, and to a pretty point with Giannis, like, yeah. Giannis is obviously, he's the future. I mean, won the MVP award last year. But, I, you know, with Giannis, and I agree with you here, Brent, where, you know, 
Wisconsin, listen, Wisconsin, it's a great sports state, but it's always going to be Packers first. Absolutely. And, and yes, there, there is there is a, a big section of Milwaukee that loves Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, and even when the Bucks lost that, uh, you know, the, the Eastern the Eastern Conference Finals against Toronto, they were there at the airport in the cold greeting Giannis, saying, you know, thanks for a great run. We'll get him next year. Fantastic. Okay. But I think that regardless of because Ray Allen had had the same thing. Ray Allen at the time was a superstar True. when he was in his prime. Forget you know, about that. I mean, he he was in the Spike Lee movies. Yeah, he's doing all that stuff. I think Ray Allen was a little underappreciated in the city of Milwaukee because you know why? Well, because he had Brett Favre because he had the Green Bay Packers. It just it is what it is there. So yeah, obviously Giannis is a superstar, and I think if he chooses to stay, Milwaukee will gladly embrace him. But to put him on a level like a Brett Favre was in terms of superstardom, you're just never going to reach that. I have another guy for you. When I get your let opinion. me ask you a quick question yeah. on Milwaukee. I just put this out there, and this is probably a silly question. I think from afar it's a silly question, but you kind of know Milwaukee a little bit better than all of us. Yeah, who's bigger? Right now. Oh, I know you're going this. Greek Christian, Freak or Yelich? Uh, I'm going but Greek people Freak. People love Yelich now. No, people, people love Yelich for sure. Um, but I'm going to go Greek Freak just because, you know, the, the Brewers have kind of had their ups and downs the past decade of going to the playoffs and then having that run. When Giannis got to town, like, listen, the, the Milwaukee Bucks for a long time were just kind of the laughing stock. Yeah. Right? And it wasn't until, I mean, Ray it's Allen. Jack Sigma. Exactly. <laughs> Nice name drop. That's not one name I was expecting to hear today was Jack Sigma. But here we are. Yeah, but but here we are. But when Giannis, so when Ray Allen left and Gary Payton came in, like that was the downfall of Milwaukee Bucks, and all of a sudden it wasn't cool anymore. Like Ray put him on the map and everything. You had Glenn Robinson, you had the supporting cast, but it was Ray Allen's team. When Ray Allen left, the the joy and the optimism went out the door. It wasn't until, honestly, and yeah, you had Andrew Bogut, number one out of Utah. He didn't really do that much. It wasn't until Giannis got to town where it was like, the Milwaukee Bucks are cool again. Yeah. You know, and like they, they literally rebranded themselves around him. Like all of a sudden they got new jerseys. They had a new uh, arena. Well, that's because of Giannis out of Kempo. Yeah. Right? That's so, a big part of it. It's a huge part of it. That changes the dynamic of a city when you have a guy like that who can bring you success. Again, uh, yeah. LeBron. Exactly. Kansas City. Mahomes. Yep. So with that being Manning, Indianapolis. So with that being said, I think Giannis is definitely a bigger superstar. You were gonna than ask. You were gonna give one more before I ask um, that. Yeah, Chipper Jones for Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because just to me, Chipper Jones is always gonna be a brave. He didn't play anywhere else. True. Right. And he's. I mean, and he was a stud right away. Yeah. And he had a lot early. of success there. Yeah. I now listen. Braves fans might be able to say that more than I can. Sure. I don't. I don't know. Okay. I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, now, you know, because as much as it was chipper, I think some of the early credit would go to Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin. That's a good point. You know? Yeah. And, and did we take a little while to figure out chipper was as good as he, he is and was? Mm-hmm. Uh, and did he change the dynamic? I don't know. That city is so so sleepy on it. It's a sports town sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's it's a weird sports town. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not saying bad fans. It's just a weird sport. It's a, it's a little, has a Miami feel listen, to it sometimes. Listen, then I'll probably give you a better one in terms of, you know, putting the city on the map. Vic. I think Vic kind of made Atlanta. I would say Vic probably more so Chipper than Jones. Chipper. Yeah. And, and granted, obviously, Chipper Jones had a lot of success a lot of you years there. baseball, too. I mean, they got Hank Aaron played. There. Yeah. I mean, they got. It's, it's a good point. It's a good point. They've yeah, got so, a history, you know? Yeah. So I'd probably say Michael Vic then. We had, we had one on the stream. Uh, Ray Lewis for the Ravens. Uh, that's a good call now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, Ray Lewis probably in that category. I just don't know if they wanted after the the stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they wanted to embrace him the way they ended up embracing him. 
Yeah. Again, that's more of a long-term play. I'm talking about somebody who made an instant impact in like but two, three, maybe fourth year. Mm-hmm. The, Mahomes and 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 I think LeBron and and Manning and Jeter and Ken Griffey yeah. seem to really fit that bill. I'm not saying there aren't others out there. Yeah. L- let me ask you this: You brought up Jeter. I want to bring up another New York um, athlete here who didn't. I mean, he had a, a pretty good run, but Joe Namath. Well, yeah. I, I just don't. Here's the thing with Namath. Yeah. I'm not old enough to remember. And obviously I'm not either. But. I, I know I'm not old enough to remember the dynamic of it mm-hmm. in terms of, yes, I know Namath, Broadway Joe. I know the impact he made, uh, you know, the kind of the character he was. I get all that. I just don't know the before and after the feel of it. It's really hard for me without being alive and knowing how that all went down other than reading about it to have a feel for it. Like Mm -hmm. I can do that with a modern day athlete a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I don't really put Michael Jordan on this list. Now somebody might, I just think it doesn't fit like Michael Jordan by 1986 and 87. He probably was King of Chicago, but he wasn't, he wasn't the record deal guy. He hadn't won championships yet. Uh, he might not even hadn't even won an MVP yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think what the last dance revealed to us is, you know, it took the rest of the world a little bit longer to realize Michael Jordan was as special as he was right away. Mm-hmm. Like my, of course, I was seven, eight, nine years old. I don't remember him being instantly like, whoa, one of the greats of all time is is on display here in Chicago. Sure, I didn't feel that until maybe in the early nineties. But again, that might have been my age. Yeah. Well. Here we are right now, Brent, and obviously this begs the question, and let's let's advance this conversation a little further now, in terms of Jacksonville. Yeah. Who, well, that's who, where who I was bring, going. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. No, you go. Who, who we bring to the table? Well, the, you got to bring the. There's only one guy to bring to the table right now, and that's Minshew. Sure. And, and but, that, but, but I'm trying to say all time though. Well, I I, don't, I mean you make, make a take, you make a case for Tom Coughlin for what what he's done off the field as well in terms of charity work and things like that. Again, obviously, longer term success. Yeah. Longer term, I, I don't think falling in love, uh, endearing themselves to the city, uh, even the the Jags, the the Baselli's and Fred Taylors, and it still took a little bit. It took five, six, seven years in their whole resume, I think, of mm. what they did in the early stages. Of course, everybody loved the Jags. That's a different story. I'm talking about Mahomes level stuff, mm. LeBron level stuff. That doesn't that comes along like once ever maybe for for some franchises and some cities especially a city like Jacksonville where you really only have one professional professional like of the major four sports teams. Yeah. Minshew has his opportunity in a weird way. I mean he really does. Now are we saying is it going to happen? Well, people are going to bet against it because sure. the betting odds would always go against something like this. Mm-hmm. But the way he started and the, the love affair that he kind of has with the city already and what he did in some of the magical moments with little expectation has kind of put himself in a position if he can grab this thing this fall and do things that nobody anticipates around the NFL. Well, you have an opportunity. Uh, again, you got to get a, I was thinking of this a little bit uh, because I hopped on a show in Orlando uh, yesterday and it's like such – I guess there's probably more sports opportunities like this that Minshew has, but I don't remember them just off the top of my head. And maybe you got to be in the city to realize it. Mm-hmm. This guy's a sixth round draft pick who does have the fanfare with him, who captured everybody's attention. Yet last year to the rest of the world, I think, feels like 15 minutes of fame. Mm-hmm. And here in this city, 
People want to grab onto something. They're just hoping. Fingers crossed. Let this guy be the guy. Let this let this be the fortuitous thing that happens. Mm-hmm. The little bit of luck, which all franchises need, that this franchise really hasn't had in quite some time. Is this the lucky break they get? Is this the lucky break the ownership group gets, the GM gets, the head coach gets, that the city gets, the fans get? And it could, by the way, because of the nature of this city, downtown, what's potentially on the horizon, all those things, he it could actually change the city. Like yeah. if he was that guy. Now, that's with the, the biggest capital I and capital F, if ever. So I'm not saying it's going to happen. He's in a position to possibly be that guy if he can deliver this year. And and the other interesting thing about him that makes him different than maybe even the Jeters and LeBrons and Mahomes and all those guys is that he's only got one chance. Those guys could have had three, four, five years to settle into a role. He doesn't. He gets one opportunity, which is very unique, I think, from that position and and the position he's in uh, to be able to have this chance uh, and, and it's all or nothing. Yeah, listen, When you break down Gardner Minshew right now, he does have all the characteristics to be that big guy like Patrick Mahomes is to Kansas City, like Peyton Manning was to Indianapolis, okay? He has the characteristics to be that. And what I mean by that is, listen, and I've said this before on the show, Brent, the the outside world, see, we live in a bubble here in Jacksonville, and anybody that's not in the bubble, anyone that's not a Jaguars fan, they know Gardner Minshew from the jean shorts and the headband and the mustache. And they love it. It's something different. It's something fresh. It's something new. And people get behind that. But they don't actually watch Jacksonville Jaguars games. So they didn't watch the Denver Broncos game when Gardner Minshew seemed to break out of two tackles, find somebody in the end zone, and score a touchdown. They didn't watch the last game of the season against the Indianapolis Colts when Gardner Minshew absolutely went off with Leonard Fournette sitting on the bench. Like, people aren't aware of that type of stuff. All people know Minshew from that aren't in the bubble is what he brings to off the field. But we know better, don't we? We know who Minshew is. We've seen the footage, okay? We've seen his stats, obviously, and we know what he's capable of. So I agree with you, Brent. If he can somehow, you know, build off of his rookie campaign, and if he can somehow, you know, take the Jaguars to new heights and actually give fans some optimism and say, you know what? We're not going to win six games this year. Let's go for nine. Let's go for ten. Let's go for a division title. And I'm not just saying one lucky year. I'm saying back to back to back years. If he can somehow do that, then you better believe he's going to put Jacksonville on the map. Because he, if he has the abilities to do it, he obviously has the personality. He's got the swag. It's just about the ability now. Yeah, and now, yeah, is he that? Yeah. Is he? Can he be that good? Can he be that dynamic? Can he be, in a sense, like, see, Doug Flutie was kind of this guy that everybody fell in love with. Because I was up in New England that time, and I loved Doug Flutie. Yeah. I mean, I was a kid during the, the college days of Doug Flutie. But he never got to be the superstar player. You wanted it so bad. Yep. Can Minshew be kind of that guy but be the superstar player? Can he turn into Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, people, nobody thought Russell Wilson was going to be Russell Wilson. Correct. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Why can't a guy like Minshew turn into Jacksonville's version of, of Russell Wilson. 
Can you dream about it for at least another few weeks? You absolutely can. And the biggest thing going forward, Brent, you got to hope, is Russell Wilson came into a great situation. He and did. He, and he had the supporting cast around him. He had the culture and he had the coaching. Can you say the same right now no. for Gardner Minshew? You probably can't. No, and I think it is situational. I've it always is. said that, uh, as you know. But it's interesting to watch. And I'm telling you, if he were to become that guy, he changes the whole dynamic of this city. Mm-hmm. Forget about the franchise. Of the city of Jacksonville. No yeah. pressure. We haven't had one of those guys since Fred Durst, so I can't <laughs> wait, man. Let's go, Gardner. <laughs> We're going to take a break. More to come. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.